I'm sure there's healthier ways to do this. Of course, right? There's healthier ways than downing a fifth of vodka a day, right? Then there's healthier right. ways than smoking heroin in my bathroom while my kids asleep, right? I mean, so yes, there's yeah, definitely Jesus, healthier there's ways. ways. <laughs> yes. Welcome to another episode of Ambitious. So yeah, I'm Alicia. I am a therapist and that became an interest for me. It's probably one of my, if I'm going to be honest, my most passionate things that I've done uh, because of the way that it's helped in my life. And I think we'll get into that more. So to give the audience some context, Alicia is a therapist and we have also Ron here. This episode is going to be just about Alicia's story. And then we do have an episode coming soon with Ron about your story which I'm thrilled for. Mm -hmm. But this, this episode with you, Alicia was very like impromptu last Mm -hmm. minute. Like what made you want to be on the show? So funny. Well, maybe not, but so, well, I'm in recovery from lots of things. Um, Opiates were my main thing. And then alcohol was a big part of it. Um, I used to attend a lot of meetings and how getting sober took me a few times in rehab and such. So I used to get to share my story often, like at different uh, meetings. And I really enjoyed doing that. Um, Like AA meetings and stuff? Yeah. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. And then twofold kind of happened. One, I became a therapist. And then when I would go to meetings, I would often see my clients. And then that was a little weird. Um, And like, well, what am I supposed to say? What am I not? And so... um, that became a thing. And then COVID happened. And then um, Zoom meetings for me just aren't the same. I know people that got sober during COVID and that's all they knew and they love it. You know? Like through Zoom AA meetings? Correct. Oh, I didn't even know that was a thing. Oh, yes. Huh. And it was really awkward. I didn't, I felt like, especially with three kids at home, like um, I couldn't, it just didn't work very well for me. Yeah. Um, and then I know now they're back in person and such, but it's kind of, I kind of, got away from doing that I should probably go back but um I don't know this kind of made me remember I guess what it felt like to talk about where I've been and what's happened and where I'm at and so I don't know so it kind of made me think of that do you get something out of talking about it like telling your story yes it it reminds me of um yeah where I've been so you get some you kind of have it gives you perspective of like Correct. where you've been and where you are now yes and helps it, you to stay on the track correct. where you are now it helps to remind ah, me i love that why i am where i am today yes and what got me here because if i was doing the things that i used to do there like there's no way yeah i can't show up for myself let alone anyone else so yeah so how much of your story would you like to tell like if if we go back to your your addict days or whatever that was mm-hmm. like i just had an episode with i think i told you on the mm-hmm. phone with a lady who um, used meth and she went all the way back to like her childhood. Yeah. That's and we can, t- we can start there if you want. Sure. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it always does. <laughs> and it's funny as a therapist, that's one thing I, everyone comes in and it's always something current. Right. And so, and same with me going into recovery, it's always something current. Um, but yeah, it stems back to, to childhood. And so what I've learned through kind of my own recovery and then going into therapy, I promise I get back to where it started, but was that, um, I believe addiction, um, substance use, whatever, substance abuse truly is trauma and a lack of connection. Hmm. And maybe like a a lack of connection from oneself or like to other people. I think it starts with two other people, maybe to self. Ooh, Mm -hmm. 
probably. I like that question because um, I don't really know the answer, but probably both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so then the substance then become like becomes our best friend in a sense, right? Mm. And it's it's reliable and it's predictable and it um, and it takes you out, you know, of whatever it is you're feeling. But of course, for me, that started at twelve. I started drinking. Um, heavily so but before that like I mean god that's so young I know I have a almost 14 year old son and funny story he's gonna he's gonna listen but he knows um so my ex vaped and I vapor I don't anymore but I mean I did um and we would try to like come on there's no nicotine in this and he's like no I'm not gonna do it so um like because he made his own juice whatever oh and no so, I was like there was no nicotine in the no vapes. he made his own juice so oh, okay. he, before he would put the nicotine in he'd be like here try it <laughs> my son was always like no no and just so vaping then, orange juice <laughs> yes <laughs> but no and so then I just got a melatonin vape um and I was like oh this is one you can try too he's like mom I'm not gonna do that I'm like there's no nicotine in it. Take a hit of the vape, kid. And There's he's like, melatonin I'm not do vapes. That. There's melatonin vapes in there. Yes. Wow. I know. I'd it's never amazing. Heard of that. I love it. Yes. That's cool. <laughs> yes. Um, I try that. Yeah, I love it. Um, it's great flavored. Anyway, I'm like, are you even my kid? Right. I mean, like, you won't even hit a vape that doesn't have. Come on. Like, yeah. but yes, that was so. You know, when I look back, that was really young, right? Twelve. Um, Super young. I didn't have my first drink till I was thirty. Well, that's yeah. right, but I, you were Mormon, right? I was very happen? Mormon, yeah. Okay. I mean, that's how Ron knows me. This yeah. might be weird for Ron to hear me talking about <laughs> <it> this way. <laughs> that's nuts. Oh, my gosh. I got sober at 30, so, yeah. Yeah, I got non-sober. Been, that's okay. <laughs> we'll just tag team it off here. Yeah, but, <laughs> pass the baton. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Um, but before that, like, I mean, like, so what I was already feeling, so my parents, I was an only child. Um, which is a whole nother, but, um, and my parents physically, like they were always there. They were, and they were, don't get me wrong. They were great parents. Right. I mean, like yeah. they were, they did were you feel there like you me. didn't get a lot of a connection from them or attention? Um, attention. No, I got a lot of attention, especially mm. my mom. Um, my dad, not as much. My dad and I have never really been that close. Um, they're still, still married. They've been, it'll be like 50 years in June. Wow. I know. Congrats to your parents. Right? They were married 11 years before they had me. Um, I was had <laughs> to, uh, this is from my dad, that, um, and he'll correct me if I got it wrong, but that um, when they get older, who's going to take care of them? Ah. So I was had because of that. <laughs> You're an insurance policy. <laughs> You're you a retirement plan. <laughs> now, and it's funny, and so that's very... Um, that was kind of the start, yes. And my dad is, I'm an accountant, and my mom was a school teacher, and blah, 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 all these things. But yeah, um, that was why they had me. Yeah. So that, you know, feels welcoming. I've never heard of anybody admitting that. <laughs> I know, my dad did. I was really surprised. I think so he might have been, it might have been during my addiction when he was really mad at me. Oh. Like, so, you know, and I think I've selectively chunked that out. But like, when I actually think about when he told me, like, it probably was then and he's like it, it probably was around the lines of like well how are you going to take care of us when you're doing you're what you're doing yes addicted to substances. and I was like well why would I need to do that and I think that was how it ended up coming out like when I'm like playing it back in my head right but yeah still it came out right and so um and then I know my mom she was 36 and so she had a really rough the pregnancy was fine but the the 
birth was hard on her. And so she had to have a spinal and like an emergency C-section. I think I was breech or whatever, but this is, and this is fascinating and completely like not even necessarily her fault fully. Um, I parent differently, but that's okay. Um, that, so she had to have a spinal and she had a migraine. And so I know for three days, and I know this from what my parents have told me that three days after I was not held by my, by anyone really at all for the first three days. Oh, really? Yeah. I was in like that little, you know, back when they had nurseries in the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like it's like super crucial to be like have physical skin to skin contact as a infant as a neonate. Correct. Yeah. (laughs) Correct. Well, now we know that it leads to heroin use. (laughs) That it could. It could. Well, yes, it definitely could. Nobody could. Um, Not always, but it could. Um, But point being, and this is funny, this will get to my parts of self thing too, the IFS, which stands for Internal Family Systems. Which That's the part of your story. That's the most fascinating. It's just a concept that's new to me. And it's actually fairly new in the recovery community, or not in the, like, therapeutic community. It's one of the newer... um, modalities of therapy yeah yeah i would i want to spend a lot of time talking about that yeah i'm curious and i've been well this is interested intro. to look at like finding a therapist who mm-hmm. after talking to ron about what it what's mm-hmm. done for him and then i have a cousin who talked about it just ironically after i met ron in utah who has a therapist and she's like yeah i have this part i have this part i have that part so the internal family system mm-hmm makes sense but we'll get to it anyway okay no that's, that's, i'm just interested yeah oh no it's fascinating and it like you, you forewarning like that i like cannot even walk through the grocery store anymore without like seeing little parts of everybody like in the grocery store like you'll see like a oh. mom yelling at their kid and then like i'll see her you know how you see people like later in the grocery store and she's like oh i'm sorry just sit down i'm just frustrated and it's like you guys can like see these little sub personalities right so it's true therapists are always analyzing people i can't help it (laughs) sorry now i'm insecure (laughs) and i feel like i'm being (laughs) oh no oh no we'll sit with that insecure part of yourself see what it needs to tell you just by saying that i've acknowledged (laughs) i've uh exposed part of my parts that's funny we all have it there we go yeah even like i so appreciate like the first thing you said like when you came in was like i'm nervous i'm like oh my god me too thank you for saying that i know sometimes just saying it right away i'm like i yeah, I don't get nervous before power. every single episode. Like if I'm doing it with my brother or somebody that I know really well. But with somebody like you who's been through a lot of life experience that I don't have any sure. experience in and credentials that are just really impressive. Oh, then it's, well, thank you. Yeah, it's just like it's intimidating <laughs> sometimes. Not intimidating, but I just get, I get nervous that I hope that I can do a good job mm-hmm. of asking you the right questions and making you feel comfortable and like you've invited me into your home yeah so yeah i just mm-hmm. want to like have a good conversation yeah so i just like to say i'm nervous no it <laughs> helps i notice and it's funny when i used to share like bring it right to my at meetings that would always be one of the first things that would come out of my mouth is like oh my god i've got these butterflies in my stomach and i just can't get away you know and so um and i've even noticed with like certain times I don't do it as much like one-on-one but if there's like a family or like a couple that are like really tense I'm like whoo like I don't know if this is just coming from me but there's like you know a lot of emotion in this room right now or something you it's know? disarming you know yes. like why not just bringing attention to it sometimes mm-hmm. acknowledge it mm-hmm. do you get nervous when you uh <clears throat> have new patients sometimes Ooh, good question sometimes not all the time but sometimes yes yep and honestly it's more 
This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Ellie George with HomeQuest Realty. If you're in the market for a home in Southern Oregon or thinking of selling your home, I've been working with Ellie George with her marketing and can testify that she is a true pro in the industry. She has an amazing passion for real estate. She's been practicing for over 16 years, sells over 120 homes a year, which is absolutely nuts compared to the average agent only selling about eight. When it comes to marketing, I've seen her go the extra mile to make sure her homes stand out and capture eyes nationwide and to net the sellers way more money in the end. She and I work together a lot on her higher end homes, creating videos that beautifully and thoroughly showcase the spaces, and I've absolutely loved working with her. Mention the Ambitious Podcast and get a no-cost, low-pressure consultation. She'll help you with your real estate portfolio, whether it's your first home, investment, move up, or you just want to be constantly aware of your equity position. She's definitely who I would trust for my real estate advisor. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Ammon Clough Creative. Ammon Clough Creative is a business specializing in photography, videography, podcasting, education, and content creation. Services include weddings, small business landing videos, corporate video and photography work, podcast production, product photography, brand exposure, one-on-one and group workshops, and photo shoots in almost any capacity, such as outdoor or indoor, family, couples, or single-person photo shoots. For more information, go to ammonclough.com or check out Ammon Clough on Instagram at ammonclough. Like an energy I feel from them as opposed to necessarily <clears throat> what the situation is, if that makes sense. Mm, so you kind of absorb the... I projected do. nervousness i'm extremely empathic yeah hmm. probably to a fault sometimes yeah but i think that's an addiction i i think it's an addiction thing too but then again not everybody does so yeah, yeah. there are definitely are empaths that are not addicts so that's not a full all-around thing um so getting back so right i was in the little back to your birth that's right because it does i promise you it takes me to the ifs like really quick yeah um so and i know this because my therapist who's been my therapist my goodness since since i got sober she was actually um she worked at the treatment center where i got sober and then i started going to her for some other things and um she just done the emdr for my rape that like has completely um it has changed my life. And so, and she introduced me to IFS and that's how I originally mm. got to know it was how it was done to me. And then I wanted that. So that was fascinating. Gotcha. Um, but anyways, so through the work I've done with her, my very first part, and I've named her Mary. And I think um, I shared that with you on the phone call. Yeah. I think so I've told you. Okay. When you say yeah. part, it's like a, a, a section of your personality. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, it's a, it's like a little sub personality, right? So with IFS, um, their self energy is the, like the guiding force and the guiding healer. And so I, I joke cause, but so self energy, um, is a lot of C words. And so <laughs> I know, see, you know, where I'm going, Can you give not that examples? one. Sure. Um, <laughs> no call <four> letter words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Calm, um, curious, um, connected, creative, um, courageous could be in there. And this falls under what category? The self energy. Okay. So like the, at your, like your true self, your, um, I believe probably how we come out. Like if you've ever held a newborn and like, there's just like this pureness i know you guys were religious and so there might have been the original sin thing i think that's a load of shit so i'm sorry if i offend anyone by saying that but there is none no i agree if you've ever ever held a newborn 
I'll second that. Yeah, there <laughs> yeah. it's not a thing. And and I'm sorry again if I have people that are religious listening. Um, if you believe it, and here's I'm going to throw my little therapy thing. Um, if it helps somebody find peace and find their way, I will always um, support that. Right. Sure. Just I don't always have to agree. Right. Yeah. And that's that's the. I guess the weird thing with therapy is that I don't get to share it in the room, right? And so, um, but I think original sin's a load of crap, especially if you've ever held a newborn. That's how I picture self, right? It's like this glowing little ball of like just seeking connection and seeking um, love, calmness. Yes, they're they're calm, right? When you're holding them and they're and you've and you've connected with them however that is right then there's a calm um they know how to express themselves and get with their their needs met like very very efficiently yes right um and so so self-centered those kids they are right but they're (laughs) they truly are little shits but um (laughs) they're um that's i don't know i guess that's how i picture self if i had to like put it out there it's like when you think of a newborn and like just this pure right little being okay yeah if that makes sense um people are inherently good yes i do too which kind of makes me feel Mm -hmm. yeah like what you're saying how the like the catholic church Mm -hmm. or other religions baptize the kids like right away like why they have they're so pure and tiny there's nothing they don't have any sin but i i I guess i just don't fully understand why Mm -hmm. but yeah i I hear what you're saying and i agree with you Mm mm-hmm and it's totally okay if at some point you don't. Like, you can say that, too. Um, that's cool. You don't have to agree with me all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, so let's see. So, yeah. with I, So, yes. When I say apart, um, it's not self. Okay? And so, with IFS, um, the parts are created at different points in our lives um, to, there's two main parts. There's exiles and protectors. Mm. Okay. And the exiles are created by circumstance, like by things that happen in our lives. So like me as a baby that was put into that little um, plastic bin, (laughs) um, like and not picked up, right, very often at all. um, Because my dad went back and forth between my mom and in the nursery. And then I don't know how often they pick. I don't know. But it's not the single connection, right, that you're supposed to get when you're born. Yeah. Um, so that part felt, like, unlovable, right? Felt not good enough, even, like, from mm. the time I was born, okay? Interesting. So, yes. And so that was an exile. So those are those parts are, if you think about being exiled, right, the protectors come in and say, oh, we are going to do anything possible to not feel that ever again, mm. okay? Um, and so with protectors, there are managers. And so managers function is to um help us be productive and successful right so um they're going to be like your planning your time management um people pleasing usually falls under being a manager interesting so yes um let's see what else those would be some of the ones that popped to my head and then there's firefighters i love the firefighters they're my favorite um they're neither protector those are protectors Mm -hmm. so and so the managers are proactive okay they're going to try to be on top of feeling that way Mm -hmm. okay but um then the firefighters are reactive so then once so like addiction um suicide self-harm um anger 
right? Where does complaining fall? Ooh, it could be either. That could be either. I find myself complaining a lot about like other people or about myself. Would that be judgment? Yeah, it's definitely like a judgment thing. Then it can be. um, It could be manager. It's almost like I'm trying to, like when I complain is Mm -hmm. when I'm in a state of judgment or frustration Mm -hmm. and I'm trying, I'm a verbal processor. So I like to talk to my partner or to a friend about Mm -hmm. something that I don't like Mm -hmm. and it comes off as complaining. Oh, but you're really just getting your, you're kind of just, just developing an opinion, like vomiting, kind of dumping out. Yes. Kind of, but it comes out as, it comes off as complaining. Do you feel like it's a projection on them of yourself? I think that it's like, I'm seeing something in them that I don't like because it's like Mm -hmm. a reflection of myself that I don't like. Mm -hmm. Is that, does Mm -hmm. that answer your question? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't know where that falls. Yeah. (laughs) I just noticed myself doing that and I'm trying to work on not. Ooh. Because I don't really like. How's that going? Not very well. (laughs) It's just kind of like a default. I, I, I go to that. So I've been trying to catch myself and instead of complaining, I try to have compassion instead. Okay. And think of like, why are they doing that? When, why, like, would I react that way? Mm-hmm. So I try to just be more compassionate. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and you so need see, IFS. Huh? I, he needs IFS. I do need I, IFS. See, I was going to say, and with <laughs> IFS, we would encourage you to ask that part that is um, complaining or judging why it feels the need to do that and, and what, um, like, we would encourage you, instead of, trying to shy away from it we would have you dive into it mm. yes and see my why. girlfriend does that to me all the time like i'll, I'll be complaining about something like i hate how that person has that tattoo there that, that necklace is so dumb and then taylor will be like well why do you not like that Ooh, like her. do you have to call me out like that like <laughs> and then mm-hmm. i try to avoid talking yes. about it so avoidance is a firefighter because mm. that's yeah a protector. so then probably your judgment is um is attempting to be proactive for what to maybe stop if you're making someone else if you're judging someone else then maybe you don't feel as insecure probably that feels right okay yeah it's a good question but i don't know if i've ever really learned how to like hold space for myself like mm-hmm. i struggle with insecurity like i mm-hmm. I, I feel very insecure a lot in my life mm. and so i i Maybe complaining is a way to help make myself feel more secure because uh-huh. I struggle with that. Yes. So therefore, that would be a manager. It's try- It's being mm. proactive. It's stopping you from feeling insecure. Hmm. I'm sure there's healthier ways to do this. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But, um, of course, right? There's healthier ways than downing a fifth of vodka a day, right? Then there's healthier right. ways than smoking heroin in my bathroom when my kids asleep, right? I mean, so yes, there's yeah, definitely Jesus, healthier there's ways. ways. <laughs> yes. Um, but it's all a spectrum. Yes. But that manager, like for you, um, in a way, like, and so with IFS, um, all parts are welcome, right? Like that's the primary saying behind um, IFS is that all parts are welcome and all parts have positive intent for self. Gotcha. Even if they harm self, hmm. which is what can be really interesting. Like in it's kind of like an immune system that's overreacting. Yes, and exactly. And causes anaphylactic shock. Or something. Yes, exactly. It's like trying to help, but it's actually killing you. That's a perfect example. Nice. That's a perfect example. Yes, <laughs> that really is. Because when they're in that extreme role, that's exactly what they're called an extreme role. Um, so 
Mary, for me, came in when I felt unlovable, I felt um, like alone and all these things, right? And so what Mary does for me, right, is she, as soon as, what she did for me then, I think, was protect, um, because how I know this again is like going back with my therapist and like, she took me all the way back to like, it was so fascinating, like birth, like realizing that's when Mary came about for me, which is fascinating. Um, But what she has done positive and negative, right? Um, positive is she's really self, um, assured like Mary's like, she knows what's going on. Like she's, she knows she is secure. She is confident. Um, so in lot, in, in many ways she has helped me, right. Feel confident maybe when I normally wouldn't. Um, but on the flip side of that is like anytime she feels that someone is going to potentially even in the slightest make me feel not loved it's like we throw daggers at them like with my words Mm. um verbal daggers yes Hmm. and so i believe it's why i'm single today right is that um people can only sustain that for so long like when you're when you're Mm. trying to love someone and they just keep attacking you, right? Like, why would anyone stay for that, you know? Because um, yeah. Mary's nasty. Like, she will remember what somebody, like, with my ex, for example, and I told him I'd be talking about him. Um, he said, that's fine. And so I said, okay, good. Um, I said, but... <laughs> what will you be saying about I know, me? <laughs> I said... <laughs> no, and... Um, he, where was I going with that? Um, Verbal daggers. Yes, that's right. Like when probably what's, and this is what's so ironic. Like he was my first sober relationship. Um, and ever, ever. Wow. Oh, yeah. Well, I started drinking at 12. Mm. And so yeah. it was, and it was just consistent all the yeah. way until you were 30. Oh yeah. For the most part. Wow. I was hiding beer in my closet um, by 14. Um, because my parents were no longer leaving liquor in the liquor cabinet. Mm. Um, so I would find ways and I would drink warm beer. Yikes. Ugh. At 14. <laughs> yeah, it's disgusting. Um, and then I met my very, well, it's not true. He wasn't my first boyfriend, but like, I, I, it's funny. He wasn't my first boyfriend, but, um, when I was 17, um, he was probably my second. Um, but it's funny. I still regard him as my first that's interesting because he was extremely unhealthy. My first boyfriend was very healthy and kind. Mm-hmm. And well, Mary came out with him too, right? And um, oh, I was so mean to him, right? And I've even in recovery, I've tried to find him because I owe him like the biggest amends ever. Mm. Um, and I can't find him. Like I can't. I've even driven by his house. Like he, um, Mexican guy lived in like Guadalupe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've driven by his house. I've tried to like find him like against wow. some of my sponsors saying, maybe you shouldn't go there. I'm like, he won't hurt me. Like, he'll be fine. And I know, I believe he wouldn't. He was a really good guy. Well, when Mary comes out, yes. what, what does that look like? Mm. What, so from an outsider's perspective, what does it look like? Okay. Um, well, it's funny. Even my ex has said um, that there is a shift in, like, my whole presence. Like, I get, like, like if you can picture, like, someone, like, posturing when they're angry. Yeah. Like, my shoulders go back. My head goes up. Like, um, he said there would be, like, a switch in my eyes almost. Um, mm. So and- is it like the only... I saw that movie Split, where, sure. where the guy has like mm-hmm. twenty eight different right actual personalities. They're he, not that extreme, so like, it's not that extreme. It's not that extreme. But Mary's probably one of the most in movies. So 
they always make it um, more extreme, like so that you it's can dramatized. see. Correct. So, but but in some ways, that is similar, right? Mm. Um, what's different with him, I believe, is that a lot of them didn't know about each other, right? Like a lot of those different personalities didn't mm. necessarily know about each other. Oh, right. So and that's like but you and you like Alicia and Mary know were each very other familiar. very well. Yes. Gotcha. Uh huh. Um, and so oh, yes, yeah, that didn't, I didn't even think about that with the movie. Yes, and huh. so and that's where a lot of people, when I start talking about subpersonalities, they start thinking, "Oh my gosh, dissociative identity disorder," right? Because that's what used to be. It's that was formerly known as um, like multiple personality disorder, mm-hmm. right? And so there's a whole range of spectrum from like self all the way up to dissociative identity. Now I do have dissociative parts. Right. Um, I do have parts that like take me out. And that, those are protectors, right? Cor- yes. They dissociate and because you're trying mm-hmm. to. Yes. I love my dissociative parts. Because <laughs> it's cozy back there. It's super cozy. So, so from an from an insider's perspective, what's Mary like? Uh, oh, I love Mary. Um, so from an insider's perspective, she feels like, you know, like when you're feel like you feel like you're standing on top of the world, almost like you are just super confident and you've got all your facts and you've got them lined up right here in your head and you're just gonna go bang, 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 bang. Yes. And so and I remember like things from years and years and years ago that somebody might have told me and it's going to come out right at the right moment and it's going to like sting so bad and they're just going to be like, fuck you. Sounds like Mary's mentally sharp. Mentally very sharp. Yes. (laughs) That's a very positive spin on her. (laughs) Because I, that yes. sounds very, like, I would like that to be able to just like mm-hmm. have an organized mind like that where you can just pull things out. Mm-hmm. And ideally it wouldn't be like ammunition from the past that you've been right. holding on to. Correct. Which it sounds like that's maybe what she does. That is what she does. So maybe. In not, her reactive role. Maybe that's mm-hmm. like the, a negative it is, side of that. It's her, that's in an IFS. Yeah. We would call that reactive. Right. So mm. not her preferred role. Gotcha. Yes. yes. So once she feels attacked. And once she feels I am being attacked, hmm. right, she gets that little list that she has, right, about whoever is attacking me. And she is going to make them leave no matter what. Hmm. Right? That is her goal in life is to make whoever is making me feel unlovable leave. Do yes. you find that Mary works with any of the other Ooh. protectors or is yes. she solo? No. Mary can work <clears throat> with other protectors, but... Um, She's like lead firefighter. Yeah, addiction can work with her, but Mary can work without addiction. Um, but addiction, addiction, I don't believe, could have functioned without Mary, no. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Wow, you've really thought about this. Oh, yeah. Well, I've done a lot of work with my, yeah, it's with my therapist as well. Um, Which I think is, it's, it's fascinating that therapists have therapists. Oh, God. Which yes. makes sense, because you're a human being. Mm-hmm. So, and you're like dealing with, dealing with I think so most many of us do. people's shit. Yes. We have to hear it all the time. Yeah. It's probably kind of heavy. It can be. Yeah. Um, and that's where I've even like, and I actually see an energy healer who like, I love. Um, mm. Yeah. She was recommended to me from my, she's, she's interesting. She's like a medium energy healer, massage therapist. Oh, wow. Sounds yes. like she belongs in Southern Oregon. <laughs> yeah, she probably does. <laughs> we have a lot of those there. <laughs> I believe it. Um, but no, she... Um, and where was I going with that with her? Um, I don't even remember. Um, Where's Mary when you need her? That right? Come on, lady. Step the, up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's gone. Whoosh. Well, we'll come back to that. Um, <laughs> we'll come back to that thought. Um but yeah, so Mary internally is um, 
I love okay when Mary first comes out it's amazing and then it's funny it's like there's you know she's fight or flight right so if you can like oh okay yeah and a lot of firefighters are Mm. I'm sorry I said that feeling I'm familiar with yes the fight or flight yes and she is all fight she is no Mm. flight mine is kind of opposite like all fear (laughs) and anxiety and like let me get the fuck out of here I have one of those too Mm -hmm. and that's my addiction Ah, Mm -hmm. it's it forms in other ways too but um so so was heroin kind of an an escape yes escape from i've never tried it so i don't know what it's like yeah well is anything that's gonna numb you does it does it feel like good and happy yes until it doesn't yeah it feels absolutely amazing and euphoric and um like the best thing ever but until you're you know puking your brains out because i've heard people say that you can never you never feel like you have enough no you don't Hmm. (laughs) i know there's a joke in recovery where people would say like um you know a, a truckload of heroin pulls up and there's two thoughts that simultaneously happen in a, in a heroin addict's head it's like yes and oh my god we're gonna run out like almost at the oh, exact wow. same time yes like there could never be enough no there never will be until you're dead yeah pretty much hmm. yeah it's, mm-hmm. it's interesting because i've seen like you know movies and i'm sure they're all it's inaccurate but like breaking bad they just like look like they're floating and it feels like really euphoric but they're just like kind of zonked they're not there you know which movie was the most accurate I found? Um, it had Jared Leto. Um, oh, what the heck is it called? Where's my ex when I Oh, are you talking about A Requiem for a Dream? Yes. Yeah. Ooh, that was a good movie. Yes. Probably, in my opinion, one of the most accurate, accurate representations of addiction. Is it hard for you to watch uh, that movie? No, I love it. Is it hard for you to talk about this? No. Like the feeling of? Mm-mm. Okay. No. And I think... Um, That's good. No, not at all. Because <laughs> we're just like diving into it. No, not at all. It doesn't. It no, because I know where it takes me, um, and so and that's like part of the as our twelve steps would say, like sanity has returned, right? Mm. And so um, that yes, it will help me escape, right? For a minute, five minutes, an hour, a day, if I have enough money, right? Um, but that will always go away, right? And I will always be left with whatever the feeling was that that protector was trying to stop me from feeling and even more so because then it's it's accompanied with guilt and shame and regret and right and then mary usually comes out even stronger and so like really it's like just this whole yeah 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 so no it's not today it's not hard for me to talk about it that's good um yeah and I've found like, You've especially when working seven with years, teens, seven years sober, seven and a half. Yeah. Hmm. September of 14. Congratulations. By Thank the way, you. September That's 2nd of 14. Yeah. Really incredible. Yeah. I checked into treatment on September 1st and was by far not sober. So September 2nd is my spread. Yeah. <laughs> Farthest thing from sober you could have been. Um, uh, <laughs> and I remember it's funny river source is where I got sober. And, um, I was like, well, what detox meds are you guys going to give me? Right. And they're like, we give you vitamin bags. And I was like, the fuck and like i got so no it was the most amazing thing they helped better than most all any freaking like suboxone i got one of those when i had covid oh yes better the next day yes those things are amazing i mean it was hard to because i took ivermectin too which is kind of uh controversial but i took that i was like yeah i was i was sick for like four days and it was awful and I was like, I don't want ivermectin. I don't want a vitamin bag. I'm just going to, you know, tough just it tough it out, drink yes. water. But then on the fourth day, I was like, you know what? This is 
just give it all to me. Yes. So I went to the doctor, got uh, one of those Myers IV drips, mm-hmm. which is like this yellow bag of just yes. vitamins. Yes. Oh, they're amazing. I felt great. Took mm-hmm. ivermectin. Was better the next day. Well, Look at not you. better, but just I know more I livable. Felt a lot better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And so they told me they were going to give me a vitamin bag, and I think I cussed that poor nurse out. Thankfully, she was. She had a lot of Mary in her too. Um, and so, and I'm friends with her on Facebook to this day. She's amazing. Linda, she was, um, she was badass. Nice. Um, yeah. And uh, she could get an IV when nobody else could. She was really good. Um, oh, because your veins were My veins, tough. I never shot up. No, I did not shoot up. And oh. funnily enough, I am not scared of needles. I don't have anything. I hung out with people that did. Um, I just really, I snorted everything. Oh, that was your preferred That was my preferred. And so, yeah, I loved the drip. I loved all of it. Um, (laughs) I know it's disgusting, but I did. And so anyway, so no, um, but I just know that's what everybody else said about her. And so, Hmm. um, yeah, and I don't like the fishing thing. I'm like, so if you're going to just at least poke me more than once, don't fish. Like, so. Yeah, get on the first jab, pull it out. Yeah, just take it out and try again. Yep. Um, But yeah, she handled my, I mean, as we, I was there for 90 days, so got to know a lot of them pretty well but um yeah she was so funny she's like you're not the only person that's like um that's cussed me out when i told them i was giving them a vitamin bag instead of like you know suboxone or (laughs) something yeah so i was like yeah it makes sense but yeah they gave me one and i like slept and i felt good and i was like holy cow i mean like you know good from doing you know heroin for a long time but you know relatively to your covid like good for feeling yes that's really fascinating, like what Mary can do. And just like, I see myself a lot in that. Mm-hmm. I think that it's really relatable and familiar to everybody. It's just mm-hmm. really fascinating how it manifests in you mm-hmm. and the amount of awareness that you have to like give it a name. Mm-hmm. I wish that I had more. I think that's why I want to learn more about internal family systems therapy mm-hmm. is to have more awareness and be able to identify my parts. Because sometimes I just react and I'm like, why am I doing this? Why is this happening? Mm-hmm. And to have to trace it all the way back, it, it feels overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And I try to think about it. Like I'll be driving and just trying to think, mm-hmm. but then I just get lost. I'm yeah. like, I, I can't. I, and so that's why I have to, that's why I am a verbal processor. Mm-hmm. But when you, when I talk to my partner, just constantly, it can be overwhelming, overwhelming for her. So then I have a therapist, but I don't know. It, it's she doesn't do ifs you need to move down here is it only There's in arizona therapist right over here no. no it's not only in arizona <laughs> yeah that's mm-hmm. good because i don't know if i want to live in arizona <laughs> maybe in the winter time like i wouldn't mind living in salt lake again i really like salt lake a lot it's so clean there it's so easy to get around things are cheap people are nice Cleveland's it's not beautiful clean. yeah <laughs> or <laughs> we've been talking about like north carolina People say Asheville or Charlotte is mm-hmm. really nice. I've heard good things about Charlotte. I'm like, that's how my mm. cousin says it. I don't know. Charlotte. Yes. Oh well, I apologize. No, <laughs> so I just can't say it any other way. Like, yeah. Yeah. So then, uh, mm-hmm. take us back into your story. So okay. you had your first sober relationship, oh, yes. but then what were your so all of your other relationships, what were they like? Were you just, were you just drinking and? Oh yeah. So yeah. When I was, um, yeah. Drinking and heroin were your two kind of. Well, it didn't start with heroin. So, but, um. It's probably good. Yeah. 
my that's funny the who i called my first right he wasn't um got me started on a lot of pharmaceuticals Mm. um and so like uh like benzos and pain pills and i've heard um, benzos are like the most difficult to kick well benzos are pretty hard yeah they're no. ron's shaking his head now <laughs> i mean I, everyone's different but not for yeah. me <laughs> really huh what was hardest for you nothing really oh it's all easy yeah i mean i remember when i was 18 doing meth a bunch i just quit one hmm. day just quit i don't think i ever Cold knew turkey. that you didn't? I don't think so. You're going to learn a lot about me tomorrow. Just one day, you just quit. Mm-hmm. Jeez. It's a lot of self-control. I have self-control in that, but not in a lot of other things. Right. <laughs> she, yeah. She's like, she knows. See, that's what I mean. It's just like the way that it, it manifests. Like mm-hmm. you, Alicia, you, you struggle with addiction towards substances. Mm-hmm. Ron, you just like quit cold turkey one day, but we'll get into your story tomorrow and we'll find out what you struggle with. <laughs> A lot. <laughs> Which I'm, I'm excited to hear about. And mine is just like, I don't really know exactly what mine is. Probably just the insecurity thing. I think that people have like a black hole where it just can't, there's something about them that no matter where, it's something that they have to be able to fulfill within themselves. And they seek it from other things, from other people, from other substances. But no matter how much they try to fill that that thing that they struggle with, it will never be filled. Mm-mm. And That's mine is probably mm-hmm. like external validation, like asking for somebody to, to be secure for me yeah. or to, to make me feel secure and validate me. Right. It's just like a black hole. Yes. It'll never be enough. No. And it's funny because this is my first um, sober relationship was now my older two's dad. I was not sober with him at all. Um, we tried to, when I got sober, we tried to like get back together. Um, mm. didn't work out, but, um, it's cool. That you we, tried though. We did. We thought, Oh, maybe it would be fixed and we would be able to do it. We have a daughter because of it, but, um, because of the, trying? because of trying to get back together. Oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> so my son's the oldest is the only one that's ever seen me, um, use substances. And that's probably why he's like, I'm not even trying the vape. Like he's like, I remember. Oh, what that that's did. the 14 year old. Yeah. Gotcha. So yeah, he's almost 14, but, um, he yeah, saw he you. Was six. Oh yeah. I left him in he remembers. I left him in cars. Um I left him with because I was just gonna go in and pick it up and I was gonna be right back out. I was like, Okay, I'll be like thirty seconds. Go hours in and pick later. up pick up what? That at that point it was heroin. Oh, oh, so you're going into like dealer's the, house the drop site or whatever yes and i well my son had to come with me because i couldn't leave him at home alone because he was six. Oh, gosh gotcha. i couldn't just not get it wow oh i know so you'd go in i told him i'll be back in like 30 plan. seconds oh, okay because i didn't want to bring him into the drug dealer's house what am i right <laughs> I mean, come on you're so Had great some... leaving him out in the car in the hot arizona sun <laughs> it was it was night and i left the car on there which you go maybe even worse i don't know oh god it's so bad um but yeah, so in this, uh, this all, my, when the dad finally caught on yeah, and I would, I would leave him with people to go pick up. And I mean that I never should have. And he remembers to some extent. And, um, like he remembers one that I definitely shouldn't have left him with. And were you um, like testing these drugs when you'd get them? Or, or, like, is that a thing? There are strips that you can get. So I got out of it before fentanyl got really big. Mm. Yeah. It's, so it's funny. I was prescribed with... fentanyl for, um, I had an abusive ex, and so I oh. have partially fused discs in my back. Oh, and so wow. I was prescribed fentanyl Jesus. when I was 21. 
Gotcha. And in patches. And so then I would just suck the patches. But um, Are you supposed to do it that way? No. You're supposed to put them on wherever. And supposed to be <laughs> I was like, are like... there like suckable patches these <laughs> no, days? No, they're not Never heard of that. Be, no. Because I, I was prescribed fentanyl in patches. I mean like, oh uh, my, however many years ago that was. So I used to be a firefighter. Oh, wow. Back in Arizona, uh, not in Arizona, in Utah. Okay. And we would uh, get a lot of narcotics mm-hmm. calls. I was only in for like three years. And I wasn't a paramedic. I was an advanced EMT. So I, I would just see a lot, but I didn't really do a lot, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I, we would like find people with fentanyl patches like in their mouths, like a lot, just yeah. a wad of them. Oh, so yeah, so yeah. But then we'd give people fentanyl, uh-huh. the, like motorcycle accident yes. dudes. Like this one guy hit a mattress on his motorcycle on the freeway going like 75 because that's how fast the speeds are there. Yeah. We were dosing him up with a lot of fentanyl on the mm-hmm. way to the uh, hospital yeah so fentanyl is really great yes in the proper in the pro- in properly used and yeah, i, it's I definitely. think that drugs in general are are great in 100%. the, in the They're a correct environment in the correct situation yes well and even like 1918 the harrison narcotic act right like before that you could get like heroin prescribed to you by a doctor yeah right and there wasn't the judgment and there wasn't well you still the... can right it's like it's morphine yes but not but no i mean you could actually get like lines hair i don't know it would have been no like the serum like the like the black tarry stuff like prescribed oh. to you by a doctor oh wow yes back before the harrison narcotic act and then that like is oh, what gotcha. changed the whole i only know this because i did like some drug class in school like where i had to learn about and oh for your therapy back. yeah certifications mm-hmm. and in the, with we had to learn about where all the drugs like originated from and what they were used for and even meth like was used for like the army and like so tell me about stuff. that like i just had an episode with the lady mm-hmm. where we talked about heroin or sorry meth, meth. Mm-hmm. and i was we were talking about like how adderall is really closely mm-hmm. chemically like it's almost the same chemical it's an compound. Amphetamine, yeah mm-hmm. right so is, is there a medical use for methamphetamine well for my not a medical use necessarily but from my understanding it was brought about either for by to be used in like by soldiers Mm. um to like build like the perfect soldier because then you don't get tired like you feel like you're on top of the world like mm-hmm. you'll be able to go up and like fight 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 so you're like, no a- sleep. awake aggressive confident yes. yes violent yes and then it got used it gets used by truck drivers a lot but i think that's just been adapted like to oh. but my understanding is it some... came about is that your understanding that it came about like for army use and stuff yeah i think in world war ii okay. hitler used it too yes. and the germans yes oh, the germans gotcha. used it a lot mm-hmm. yeah Yes, I, I thought that correct. like some doctors used it for like prescribed it for um, what's the the condition where you just fall asleep? Oh, narcolepsy. Narcolepsy mm-hmm. or like weight loss because doesn't like destroy your appetite? It does. <laughs> it does. Along um, with your teeth. Yes, yeah, yeah. along with a lot of other things. Yes. Um, so I don't know if they prescribe that. They wouldn't prescribe meth, gotcha. but um, I don't not meth but there's definitely other amphetamines right that i think but like i know adderall is an amphetamine just take seroquel that'll knock you out <laughs> what's that it's just take, oh seroquel yeah i used it's, to call it stare and chill yeah <laughs> i still do call it stare and chill. It a, I just don't it, take it no it's, it's a, a mood stabilizer right is what it is it's a atypical antipsychotic oh. okay but it's used oh. as a mood stabilizer isn't it no oh okay no See? it's an antipsychotic why would so i is take it that used for bipolar um <laughs> I, I do. I, I've been prescribed um, it, but that was when I was like getting well. 
I say getting sober before I got sober because I was diagnosed bipolar. I'm not bipolar. I don't really know if I want to take any more meds. I think I want to just, if, if Adderall ends up being becoming more complicated or if I can't regulate it take by itself, mm-hmm. I kind of want to just find uh, a, medis- a medicine that's not as stimulant. Mm-hmm. Try modafinil. <sighs> I don't have insurance. So that's the thing. I can't afford anything. It's really expensive. Yeah. Like I, I was looking into Vyvanse, but I think that's a stimulant. It is. But it's a bit. It's a milder one though, yeah. I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was like, like $300 for a bottle. And then Adderall's like 20 bucks. Oh yeah. I'm like, I think I'm going to stick with Adderall. And if it doesn't work, I'll just go back to nothing. Mm-hmm. Modafinil's great. That's what they use for narcolepsy. Oh, okay. And it's a non-stimulant. Don't they? Hmm? don't they make it in patch form too? Mm-hmm. Oh. Nope. But doesn't it kind of make you like just zone out? Oh, okay. No, it's not a stimulant. So it just, it just kind of keeps you awake. Hmm. Oh, okay. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, there's, there's, there's so good for residency. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So you were in residency for a while. Doctor's residency. Two years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we'll cover all that tomorrow. Yep. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> So, okay, where were we with you, Alicia? We were talking about, I guess we were just talking about meds and like what you were on fentanyl and how that was going. Oh, yes, and that's how we got there. Yes. Um, You were chewing them up. Correct. And then leaving your kid in the car. Oh, yes. Yeah. And you weren't testing testing your your heroin. I was not. No. But that, oh, that's, yeah, that's how we got to that. See, Mm -hmm. look at your memory. Good job. Um, That's right. Um, Took my meds today. Yes, I did not. Um, Mary's coming out. No. Oh, no. You guys won't make Mary come out. Okay, here's my belief. And I'm going to touch on the black hole thing you talked about, too. Please do. Yeah, because I, um, yes, I believe it. And I dove into my own. And I love diving into black holes with clients, too. But anyway, um, most people shy away from them. I love them. It's because I've worked on my own. But anyways, I wouldn't have known to do that if it wasn't for my sober relationship, right? Because with my non-sober relationships, which were all my previous ones, whether it was one thing or another, they were all non-sober. And there'd only been, I mean, I didn't do relationships, really. Commitment thing, like, you can all just stay far away. Right. Like, I don't do that. They were just kind of like drug buddies. Yeah. Drinking buddies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we'd cohabitate for a little while because it was necessary. And then, like... We'd go our own merry ways or we'd get evicted, <laughs> you know, either one. Right. But um, so, no, but with my older two's father, um, he was probably the only one I dated that was not um, like an addict th- himself. Mm-hmm. And um, not sure what he saw in me, to be honest with you. Well, I was a lot of fun. I was. It was a lot of fun when I was. What kind of things I did wasn't. you do for fun? Huh? What kind of things did you do that were fun? Um, or that made you fun? It can be quite spontaneous. And I would like, like, we'd go and we'd pack and we'd go. And again, Mary helps with this too. But like, be able to go up. And he was a homebody, right? And so like, I got him to want to go do things when normally he would just sit at home. And I'd be like, I can't just sit at home. We have to go do something. This is really boring. Oh, so you like to be up and out doing things. Are yes. you like adventurous, like to be outside? Um, Yes, I need to be. Like, I, I lose myself like in these little walls. So, yeah. yes. Do you like camping? No, I don't like camping. I like going, but no. <laughs> I need like a, I need running water. If if I had a camper like that had like toilet and oh yeah, so I'm I'm a bit of a girl that way. But no, I like to be out in nature. But then I like to have somewhere with electricity to go. Mm. Okay. So I'm not fully so you're just like, like more just an adventurous type of person. I have, you have hobbies. Yes. Yeah, 
kind of. Well, now kids are my hobby, but yeah. yes. Before we had kids, yes. Like I got him out of the house and we'd go, I'd get him and we'd go places and um, get him to try new food and get him to try new things. And um, like we went zip lining and he like would never thought he would ever do that. And oh, so, wow. yeah. Heroin kind of just, just does it suck away all your desire for I wasn't doing hobbies? heroin yet when we first got together. Oh. It was like still just a lot of opiates and menzos and drinking. Um, but he just thought I drank. He didn't know I did the other stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. How'd you hide it from him? You just go to the bathroom a lot. Oh. <laughs> you just go to the bathroom a lot. You yeah. just thought I had to pee a lot. And which is funny, I usually do. So, I mean, it wasn't that far from the truth. Um, yeah, you had to pee a lot. And whenever you come out, you're so relaxed. I know. You're so, I'm like, <laughs> yes, it just gets it all out of me. No. <laughs> but um, point being, he was the like first one that wasn't fully an addict. But he, bless his little soul, he was so... Um, he won't listen to this, um, but my kid will. Um, like, I got a little bored with him. Like, I need a challenge. Mm-hmm. And he was so, he's, he was, he's such a good person. Like, I mean, he's so, and I got so bored with that. And I was like, come on, like, talk shit to me or say something mean. Or like, I just got really. I've heard that like a healthy relationship can sometimes be boring. It was so boring. You just like the stability, the, oh, the so consistency, boring. the, yes, you know, yes. it can be boring. It was. That was exactly what happened with him. Mm. And so then I, um, then I, because of that, but it was so nice and convenient because like then my money could go towards drugs and like he paid most of the bills. Mm. Gotcha. And by this time we'd had my youngest or my oldest. So, and um, yeah, that happened very soon. I don't mess around. Like that happened like yeah. within a few months of us getting together. I don't waste much time. Um, and <laughs> and that's one of the ways I like to have fun. What can I say? Yeah, it's a it's lot a, of fun. One of your parts. It's a lot of fun. Yes, but I, we've called her Miss Felicity. That was how I think I talked about. Yes, we've Where called you her Miss names? Felicity. My energy healer came up with that name. Are you saying it's a part, like mm-hmm. a protector, Miss Felicity? Yes, she's a protector, okay. and she's more of a manager than a firefighter. Mm-hmm. It's so funny that all your names are female because I feel like if I was to name all of mine, they would also be female. <laughs> oh, sure. Mary has very, but what's funny is, and I don't know why I named her Mary because she's super masculine. My complainer would be Amanda. Nice. That's just Karen. my alias. Just be Karen. Ammon Amanda. Oh. I can't do Karen because that's my mom's name. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> poor, okay. poor mom. <laughs> she's Yeah, she hates the whole like the Karens thing. Yes. So she's started going by K. And I know that your wife's name is Amanda, so she's probably going to listen to this. Too. No hate on Amanda's at all. It's just like it's just that's the female your... name that's closest to my. It is my name. My mom, my my mom's mom, my grandma's name was Mary, and apparently oh. she was Hungarian. And so I think, and according to what my mom said, is and so my mom's father died when she was like two less than two years old, and so my mom's mom was like this. She was a very strong woman. I mean, she was tiny. She was like five one, five 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 one, but like tiny and little. Like and so. Um, but my mom was like, when I told her my part's name was Mary and she goes, oh, well, that's fitting. I said, oh, was grandma like that? Cause my, she'd passed away when oh. I was like young, I think three or four or four or five. And so she's like, oh, definitely. She's like, that sounds a lot like your grandma. And I said, mm. oh, how funny. Um, interesting. Yes. So, and I don't know, just like, that's the name that came to me, but she's got a very, she's very masculine. So I'm surprised she doesn't have a masculine name, but yeah. she doesn't. But like, mm. I think I said on the phone, my ex used to call her Mary, Mary, quite contrary because, um, like oh, yeah. anything that he would say, I would find something that was on that list that would contradict exactly what he had just said. Mm. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, 
you know, um, and then he would say, well, look, I haven't left you yet. And I was like, that's not true. And so I'd point out all the times that he ended up leaving after one of our fights. And he was like, well, yes, he's like, when you're, you know, threatening to call the cops, because I did this. And he goes, when really, it was you that did that, but you were going to say that I did that. And I was Mm. like, Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. I guess I don't blame you for. So those are things Mary does. She'll like, um, she, she selectively leaves out certain things, which but which makes her still telling the truth. It's just very it's, it's selectively worded. Correct. It's right. like it's there's little omissions, right? Mm. Um, but so I got really bored with um, my older two's father, and um, because he was yes, it was very stable and predictable and um, healthy, probably healthy. Yeah, ways. for the yeah, I mean, it really was minus me, right? Like yes, if like I could have been sober, and and even like now he'll say he's like well, this is the woman I wanted you to be when we were together, you know? Mm. And so, and he'll, he says that often. And I said, yeah, I said, but I, yeah, we did try when I was sober. I wasn't fully where I am today, but, um, do you think it's possible I still to need have... some excitement? I need a challenge. Do I you need... think it's possible to have that and it also be healthy? Yeah, I hope so. I hope so too. I hope so. I mean, I, 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 <laughs> I think haven't found I it have yet. It. I think I... I have that, but there I are times where it's definitely boring. Yeah. I struggle with and boring. And sometimes, I, ugh, Sometimes I'll like pick fights. I just yes. Like, I feel God. I feel terrible saying that, but yeah, just sometimes I'm like I'm just bored, and I I don't think that I intentionally or or purposely do that. Mm-mm, it's got a, it's part of you, guaranteed. I and it's not that I'm trying to like sabotage what I have because I know what I have is amazing mm-hmm. compared to my last relationship. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and I and I'm aware of that. Like I know that stability and consistency is healthy, and that sometimes you get bored in relationships, just ebb and flow. Mm-hmm. but i'm yeah i don't know mm-hmm. it's interesting i don't i don't know if i've ever really thought that through yes oh yeah i can't do yes um and i definitely intentionally pick fights right yeah. and, and with but he but so my the the older two's father like just gave in to me like oh. if i would pick a fight he'd be like whatever you want go ahead and get it i was like that's so boring like oh. come on fight with me well i don't know if that's that healthy because maybe he was just kind of rolling over oh definitely and so you just kind of feel like you're dating like kind of nothing yeah i think he just knew that i would end up winning he might have fought me a little more in the beginning Mm -hmm. but then he knew like i would just keep going and so eventually he just was like whatever like just you're gonna do it anyway like just go ahead you know and so i think that was a trained response but um because i hear you on the on when you say you need a challenge mm -hmm. because that's a big part of something i need too i like to be challenged i don't want somebody to just agree with me or validate me all the time super boring because because i know that i'm not perfect and i know Mm -hmm. yeah and i think that you you, you're the same way Mm -hmm. yes with my most recent ex he's brilliant like he's a fascinating mind and like his i um we could have intellectual conversation like for days um and uh and he was extremely challenging like um because even like he would mention something he'd be like oh my god i have to go research that right because like i wouldn't say that because oh yeah i know exactly what you're talking about well meanwhile like i'm on my phone trying to figure out what the heck he's talking about yeah um (laughs) because i couldn't act like i didn't know what he was talking about that would have just been too simple but (laughs) don't ever keep anything simple no (laughs) right so that was a plus definitely and he was more on the go than i ever could have been what do you mean uh by this time i had two children right he didn't have any previous children um because he was extremely picky about who he was going to have kids with right like he has certain beliefs and opinions on things and he didn't want to bring a child in that um there would be battles over how the child was raised 
Gotcha. Right. And so like he just That's didn't fair. have, yeah, I know he's extremely logical. Yeah. Um, something I ended up, it's funny how we polarize like things that attract us to somebody or end up being like almost what can polarize us away from them. If we don't end up growing together in that, right. That's something I've learned. In That's exactly too. where my biggest fight was with my current partner. She was just always very logical and heady and I would be very emotional. I'm just very emotional. So I'd come to her with like a feeling I'm like, oh, I just, I'm tired of this or I'm tired of that. And she's like, okay, well, here's how we can fix it. I'm like, what I really need from you is to just meet me in the emotional space. Mm-hmm. And then she wouldn't. Yeah, she just, she, she couldn't. Mm-hmm. And I would get furious. Yes. And then I would talk to our couples therapist about that. And she was like, Ammon, do you really want to date somebody who's exactly like you? I'm like, oh, absolutely not. Like that would just be a sea Explosive. of emotions. Yes, I've done it before. And so Taylor does good. challenge me in that way. Also in the ways when I like I'm complaining, she's like, why are you complaining? <laughs> so in those ways she challenges me. And so I've started to kind of try to be more logical, uh, just to, to be more balanced as a human being. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm hoping that like what you're saying, that gives me a lot of hope that sure. as, as I try to allow the polarity of, mm-hmm. or the, the opposition of what she brings to the table, allow that to like, help me grow as a person rather than just resist that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And help you two grow together. Ultimately would yeah. be like how, if you can picture like, you know, how when you start lacing shoes, like how you have to pull the strings before you can lace them. Yeah. Like that's how I picture polarizing. Like when oh. you pull the strings, but the others go like out. I don't oh, know. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you kind of like, have to find a balance. Yes. Don't pull to too learn, hard. Yes. To, right. <laughs> to have them come all the way through or like when you tighten then your foot's going to go numb. Right. Yeah. But, um, to find the, that's, I don't know. I'm very like, visual in that way it's a good analogy just like my anaphylactic analogy yes that was a perfect one that really was (laughs) that really was because that's exactly what firefighters do i always say i mean i use that but that it's they come in to like save the day by burning the house down right and so like because their intent is to take me out of feeling that you know unloved and unlovable and not good enough but in turn right they usually end up making that a lot worse right yeah um so but that definitely wasn't their intent when they came in um, but so with my most recent, right, like he's was super challenging and I like was fascinated by him. And, um, so here's an interesting fact about me that I don't think Ron knew until today, um, that, uh, so I'm bisexual. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I only date men, but I'm very attracted to women and, um, but I can't date a woman. That's like way too much. <laughs> Just can't do that. Um, but that's always been a huge part of all my relationships. So I can say this publicly because we just had an episode about it, my okay. girlfriend and I, but she's yes. also bisexual, just like just the exact same way that you are too. Oh, cool. Never wanted to like be in a relationship with mm-hmm. a woman, but just enjoyed the, I guess, the, the physical thing, the romantic yes. piece of mm-hmm. it. Yes. Because um, there's definitely a connection between a woman and a woman that is not there with man and woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that emotional connection is way too much. At least in my experience, like I could, there's only, that's too much. Um, but that's always been a huge part that all, that my previous relationships have all enjoyed, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Um, being able to bring another woman in, right? Um, and so, and I'd always been able to do that. Um, and enjoy it. Did you bring them in into like a, like a threesome situation? Gotcha. Mm -hmm. So you weren't just like going off finding your own. It was like a. No, it would always be together. Well, not always be together, but. Usually that was how it was. Were all your partners always like just stoked? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Sure. I'll let you guys. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's like a big sacrifice, but go ahead and bring her on. I over. guess I have <laughs> to act like I'm not thrilled. <laughs> Dang but... it. Right. I, um, did you listen to my polyamory episode? No, I have not, but I wanted to. It's a good one. Yes. I have a lot of questions, but 
it's kind of off topic. That's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. I mean, think I don't I have could that many questions, it. but it was a good. It was a good conversation right. that I had with. No, I my don't new think friends. I could do that fully. Like, I couldn't actually date more than one person at a time. So, like, I yeah. always made it very clear, like, to the girl that this was just a physical thing. Like, you know, and That's so good to be. Very yes, I try to be just up real front. upfront and honest about that um, because I didn't. Yeah, I don't want to hurt anybody. So I would try to be upfront and honest with that. And I'd been the woman in, right? That was a big thing during my active addiction is I just was with couples. Because oh. then I could never, I wouldn't get hurt because there was no mm. emotional connection whatsoever. Oh, yeah. They so you didn't have to worry me. about the commitment. And I got to choose. I oh, got okay. to say when. And even with substances, when I sold myself for drugs, like that was all uh, I chose. Oh, I wow. chose how I got much. to that I level. chose, oh, yeah. Like, okay, <laughs> yes, I'll did. sleep with you. But I didn't for... consider myself a prostitute because I wasn't doing it for money. Gotcha. You see? Gotcha. See the little loophole Mary used there? Yes. Dude, I have <laughs> That's heard a perfect some... example of Mary's loophole, though. <laughs> I've heard some great, it's, it's really fascinating how justification can, yeah. can manifest itself. Like, uh, mm-hmm. this isn't really super related, but. I was just talking to a friend about, um, in the Mormon world, there's this thing called soaking. Okay. <laughs> have you guys heard of this? Well, I don't know what context. <laughs> I think I have. It yeah. might be called different things. Like I've heard it called docking or soaking. But so the, the, the concept <laughs> is okay. because in the Mormon, if you're Mormon, uh-huh. you can't have sex before marriage. I know. So at BYU, the, the Mormon college, <sighs> they, so they just insert <gasps> the penis inside, but they don't. Like go back. There's and no forth. like pumping, right? And so Was you're just you soaking it in there. The hmm? Oh, so I had a client that said that they would just put it in, and someone would jump on the bed. Yeah, that's another thing I just Who heard today. Me so that? you just like insert your penis and then just set it there, yes. so it's soaking. But then have somebody else, a third party, yes. like shake the bed, yes, so that you're not doing the actual <laughs> yes. pumping. Just go to one of those hotels and put the quarter in the mach- in the bed. <laughs> I'm like just, <laughs> but the, my point is like rationalization oh, and, God, and justification yes. can go to extreme yes. lengths that is so, so funny i literally had a client that told me about that that is so interesting yeah, sorry client I, if you're I, listening i don't i don't know which one you are but i yeah. do not understand that level of justification yeah i do so so yours with mm-hmm. i'm not a prostitute, I'm not a prostitute because i'm not getting paid because i'm not getting paid cash yeah. <laughs> yes how often were you mm. using heroin? oh like at its, daily at its towards the end um for the last two years, it was daily. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, it went to heroin when I got, like, when the whole pharmaceutical thing happened and I couldn't, like, pay cash for one prescription and insurance for another. Like, when all the pharmacies, like, linked up. Yeah. I believe that was probably done intentional. Um, it was. Yeah. <laughs> it was. And so I got, that like, red listed at all the pharmacies, right? Because I had, like, prescriptions for however many different doctors, right? Oh, yeah. For all these different things. And, um, yeah, so I couldn't get opiates at the pharmacy anymore. So therefore, well, I had to go to. Hero, it's pretty cheap, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Yeah. I preferred opiates, though. Like I always did. It was oh, just really? towards the end. Uh huh. Towards the end, I couldn't afford them. Like on the streets, like a like a perk thirty was like twenty bucks and twenty five sometimes. Wow. So and I needed like four or five of those easy, like a a hit. So oh, like per day. Yeah. No, like per time like and maybe like four times throughout the day i would oh, need four or five and like dang, I mean, that's, that's a ton of money to buy them on the street. yeah so oh, that's like more expensive than a coke habit yes oh opiates are i think as a woman i never paid for coke but i do know yeah, i've never expensive. tried that either oh, okay it wasn't my favorite it was okay yeah i've heard kind of mixed reviews yeah it only lasts like a smidgen and you have adhd time. 
Yes. I've heard that people with ADHD, that's kind of why I've stayed away from it. Okay. I mean, not, that's not the totally main reason. Me in. Yeah, because I've heard that people with ADHD just have like a really strong draw or, or craving for it. So I've kind of just been like, eh, I don't want to get down that road. It didn't do that to me. Also, I just feel like there's a lot of like blood on your hands if you, just because of the nature of Coke, like where it comes from, how it's made, mm-hmm. how it's brought over, like just the, the sure. Opiates carnage behind it. But... I think that's any drug. Though. Yeah. They're all. I suppose yeah, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because opiates are right. pretty gnarly yeah, there. But right. yeah. Um, now I don't know. Where were we? Help me. Trace me back. Well, so you were saying you use, <laughs> used it daily. Okay. And, and you're with your your next partner. Oh, yeah. So now. So, okay. So, yeah. So then he was my first sober one. So that's right. Um, so with all my previous, I'd been able to like have women. Right. And yeah. so come in and out. And so like with my current or with my current, my most recent ex, the sober one, um, he that was a huge component, fundamental principle of like our relationship getting together was going to be because he was like, I know I can't just be with one woman. Wait. Oh, the 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 most recent ex. The, what was the, 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 what was a part of it, though? Oh, the me being able to be with women. Oh, okay. He didn't need to date other women, but he couldn't just be with me. Okay. He would get bored. And he knew that about himself. That's nice of him to communicate that He's right at the beginning. He's extremely upfront and honest. And I mean, within like before we even like agreed to be exclusive, like that was that was a conversation that we had. Nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, he was extremely upfront and honest. Yeah, um, good for him. That's I mean, no, it was that's a good called thing. consent. Yes, I completely. Like <laughs> oh, completely. He was very good with that. Um, and like food, he'd had a f- huge food addiction, right? Like, and so carbs, like he made it very clear that like carbs couldn't be in the house and like that would be like, and mm. so, and I consented, that was more willingly or norm- that was a little more begrudgingly, not willingly. Like that was, I was like, oh, I guess I can do that. I was like, I don't have a huge problem with them, but I was like, I can try. Okay. So that ended Honey, up being if you're a big bringing resentment pasta in the on. house, deal yeah. breaker. Yes, I know. I know that now, but <laughs> pasta's so good though. Oh, I know that now. I can't do it. Um, but anyways, so that was a huge thing with us like forming our relationship was that there would be he, we would be able to be with other women. Mm-hmm. Right? And and I enjoyed other women. And so, but turns out um when I'm sober and I actually loved him I couldn't share him. Mm. Yeah. Oh, so anytime you brought in another w- I, person, there was, was a few times. There was a few times we tried. Yeah, and huh. um, Mary just attacked both of them. It was really wow. bad. Yeah, and um, yeah, and so yeah, and, and um, realized that, and so he we he tried to then by the time we fully realized that like I was pregnant with our child like that's probably not true we real if he listens to this he'll be like that's not true i knew it a long time before um but there were he would always say well there's so many other things about you that like you know i'm gonna hope that maybe we can work through this and like it will happen yeah right and so because there were so many other things about us that were great right um and so and he appreciated like the like the logical intellectual side of me that um and the ability to try new things and all of this um anyways so it's nice to have open-mindedness. Yes. And um, we both did, I think. And so that was like a huge um, draw yeah. like, to each other. It sounds like you guys were just both really willing to allow each other to just be who you were. Yes, until I became Mary and then hated him. <laughs> right. Mary has a different opinion. Yes, Mary has a very different opinion. Um, but yes, ultimately, like my true self, yes. 
like I um, believe I could. But then Mary, he triggered me a lot into feelings of my mother, um, like the judgment. And um, I haven't talked much about her, but I feel a lot of judgment from my mom. And she knows mm. that. So um, it's and I don't even think it's necessarily intentional. Um, but I do believe it ties back to the like um, the lack of connection, right? The insecure attachment. Um that happened between us, right? Just there's, there's a lot of different types of attachment styles, right? Three main ones that I know of, right? There's a secure attachment, um, insecure, and then reactive. But yeah, there's probably, then they like branch off, I'm sure. Yeah, because yeah. I, I know there's like uh, avoidant. Oh yeah, that, I think that's insecure and avoidant. Oh, okay. I think they're similar, or that might be like one they of those. They might be, I don't really know. Mm-hmm. I know Are that I'm avoidant? probably, <laughs> no, actually. Oh, I'm nice. more of like a anxious attachment style. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. okay. And I think that it stems from, right. I don't know, I don't really know where it stems from, but hmm. it probably has to do some with my ex. Okay. Just the divorce and like the. Like but, a codependent response almost? Oh yeah, I was okay. definitely co- codependent okay. for sure. Yeah. So working on that. Yeah. I just found out in my most recent therapy session with my therapist that I have, I didn't even really, that I found the polarization to marry just last week, which was fascinating. Hmm. Um was like who is opposite of this woman on my spectrum right like because i was like gotta be somebody because there usually is but like um couldn't find it for the life of me but we found it last week she finally spoke up she's so timid that's cool i'll get to her but um so anyway so miss felicity is like the part of me that is a lot that does that that whole threesome thing and attracts okay yes so that's that's where my energy healer lady helped me come up with that um because she's like a seductress and she's um interested and alluring and all those types curious. of things. Curious. Curious, yes. Mm-hmm. And just like, more, yeah, she's more, whereas Mary's like, right? She's a little more like bendable, right? Flowy. In terms of like, oh, well, if you like that, then I do too. Like, but it's more to like, mm. get you over to me as opposed to like, uh, does that make a, sense? Kind of a chameleon. Manipulative. Yes, chameleon type. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Um, yeah. So... That was, oh, and then I want to touch on the black hole thing because it ties in with all of this. And so like during, so actually dating my most recent was probably a great thing for me to learn about all my parts because like before I got with him, like I was used probably in self most of the time, right? Because I was like just by myself and I would work um, and I had my kids and like really like pretty secure and content, right? I mean, of course, parts come out every once in a while for certain things, but sure. He triggered lots of them, right? And so, and I do believe, like, we attract um, people and life events and situations that are going to, like, bring up unhealed parts of ourselves in attempt to heal, right? And so, um, yeah, like, some of these, like, Mary wasn't healed. I don't have a name for the new part. Um, But they weren't, yeah, I believe we will attract people in situations and events to heal. That way to heal. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, okay. Yeah, because. Wait, say that again. I never realized that, you know, you're attracted to, like, whatever old traumas you have in an intent to heal. Mm-hmm. Oh. Like that. And even that current life, interesting. I believe, things. Yeah. That, like, I started dating my ex, um, who was very like my mother and very not like my mother at the same time. It's very weird. But... Just had similarities. Yes. In yeah. their... In their communication style, they're really direct and, like, cold at times um and to (laughs) they both are um but to bring up like those unhealed parts of myself so that I might look at them more gotcha yes and and be able to sit with them and heal them a little bit um and I have I believe and so like 
with in regards to IFS and what's happened, like, oh, black hole. Let me touch on that. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yes. And I believe black hole is an, is an exile or more than one exile, right? Part of self that, like, the protectors have said, like, nope. And, yeah, we see it as a black hole because until we until those protectors back off, we aren't going to be able to see what it is, what exactly the hole is that we're trying to fill. Hmm. Does that make any sense? Yes. Okay. So until we get those protectors, like the anger or the addiction or the judgment or um, to feel safe enough to back off, because mm-hmm. and how we do that is we hear we listen to them. Yeah, it's, it helps you identify what the black hole is. Yes, sometimes it's really difficult to see yes. to see yourself in that way. Oh, for have sure. You they won't tried, let you. Have you ever tried psychedelics, mushrooms or LSD? No, or anything? but you know what? Um, it's funny. I had this conversation with my therapist because we're talking about ketamine stuff. And so she Which is, is and this you're going to find fascinating right? and maybe not surprised at all. Ketamine is a psychedelic? Yes. Because we had it on the ambulance. We use it as a dissociative mm-hmm. and uh, also like a, mm-hmm. a painkiller. Uh, yeah. They but it's also used for like a horse drink, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, special K. And, yeah. It's, and it's an anesthesia? Yeah. It, yeah. Anesthetic? It, yeah. Oh, okay. It's probably wow. real mild doses. Of special K was like a oh, yeah, strong yeah. punch. Yeah. Wow. Such oh, a yeah. versatile yes, drug. Yes, it is. Um, so you've tried that or you've no, you used that? No, I have that. not. No, I have not. Ah. Yes. I but would, Ron I has did, in therapeutic in, yeah. therapy. And through surgeries. But. Gotcha. Okay. But so my, um, my therapist... She was, she's getting trained because I guess in a few years or whatever, um, I think mushrooms are going to be legal. And she wants to be, um, to be able to microdose her clients Mm -hmm. in her office to do trauma work on, um, like mushrooms to do trauma work. There's therapists that do it in Oregon right now. Yes, I believe it. And then they're going to be legal in Arizona in a couple years. And that was what she's saying. She's on the spectrum. Yeah, it's it's really fascinating. Yes. I was going to say that like, it's amazing because we keep talking about self, like your Mm -hmm. internal family system of what you're, that makes up you. Mm -hmm. And with like mushrooms, it really, they they say ego death. You experience an ego death where you can't even, the sense of the, the concept of self has no meaning. Okay. And so you kind of just dissolve into like, uh, you can almost have a, an out-of-body experience where you sure. see yourself and that's why they use it in therapy because mm-hmm. you can see yourself from a perspective outside of yourself yes. where you don't identify as a victim of a rape or Correct. a victim of mm-hmm. whatever. Right. And then when you come back, you, you kind of had, you, you've had mm-hmm. like reset mm-hmm. the, that sense of self or reset, mm-hmm. reset those parts. Yep. And even EMDR like does that to an extent, just with it, but and used with. Oh, yeah, explain um, the what EMDR is. Okay, so how I found out about it was I was raped uh, when I was eighteen, um, pretty gnarly. You've had and... a crazy life, by the way. <laughs> Thanks. I actually love my life. It's been um, it's interesting for sure. It's definitely... I love that you said that. Yeah, you, you have a cool life. <laughs> I do. Life I don't. I don't really dislike full any of experience part of it. and. Um, yeah, it's fascinating. And then again, so I got sober. So the substances numbed my response to that, right? And so like I started using right. very heavily after that happened. Yeah. And um Okay. And um Yeah, what time is it? 5:30. Okay. 5:37. Okay. Um and I'll tie it in quick. Um so uh the substances numbed my response, right? So I like was perfectly fine. Um like having sex and doing all these things right after my rape because of the substances. Um, with my first sober relationship, I was super like, he even like laid on my lap 
and like he was like holy cow your heart's beating really fast and I was like yeah I'm kind of panicking right now and he's like why I'm like because you're touching me and like I real I learned I like couldn't be like physically touched like mm. sober um, so is that what is that why the headphones thing kind of uh-huh. is a thing oh yeah where you can't wear the headphones because yeah oh yeah it, I I probably would have been okay I don't know about for this long but um yeah I don't know about for this long but um yeah, like so before I did EMDR with my therapist, so it stands for eye movement desensitization reprocessing. Okay. Oh, it's IMDR? E. EMDR. Eye movement. Oh, okay. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can spell. <laughs> it's, <laughs> you know, the English language is um, it's really weird. So it's eye <laughs> movement, movement desensitization reprocessing. And so what's funny okay. is it's evolved past eye movement. So all it needs to be is bilateral stimul- stimulation. So like tapping, oh, um, you can gotcha. hold buzzers. Um, but that... Um, that so my therapist because i need to close my eyes when i reprocess if i my eyes are open probably the add thing i can't focus for the life of me Hmm. so but um what actually triggered me to want to do it was not just like the sex being really uncomfortable and awkward with my most recent um that was a big part of it but um was we went to a strip club and um I love women. So <laughs> Me they're too. gorgeous. They're beautiful. Yeah. They're phenomenally gorgeous. We I all think agree. we're all in agreement there. <laughs> um, so, um, but the bouncer like tapped, like went to tuck in my sh- like tag or something. And I had really, I had like shaved side head and like pink hair. And so I had like really short hair. Um, and so he like tucked my tag in and I completely fell to the ground. Right. And like, wow. and I knew that this would happen because even like my first meeting in treatment, like somebody gave me a hug and I completely collapsed. Right. And so like I knew, but I've done so much work around it. I thought I was better. Um, but, um, apparently I wasn't. And so then my ex boyfriend at the time was like, um, I think you need to do something about that. Cause like I couldn't, I couldn't wear socks. Like my feet, if they got covered with the blanket at all, like, completely would just black out and that has all to do with my rape with your rape yeah they were all just like s- s- yes, sensory because, memories that, uh-huh yes oh, exactly so you would pass out or i just, would completely pass out oh, wow. i would like black out i would just completely go away and like i would That's be able to get it to where i could come back quicker but yeah no i'd completely black out yep and Weird. like my body would just like go completely numb and like lifeless yeah, I'm just I've like, never really well, that's heard not of attractive. It being that, yeah. <laughs> like, I thought that's what you're worried creepy, about. It's kind of creepy, like, and so, <laughs> it's right? not attractive. Not attractive. I mean, like, you know, it can, like, well, you're like there, and then you're not, like, and so, yeah, it's, you know, um, right. But no, completely, it was a sensory memory. Yes, huh. and so, yes, so my feet would get covered, um, and I just go out like that. Um, How do you work through that? Like exposure therapy? No, EMDR. bilateral stimulation bilateral stimulation took me three sessions of intense reprocessing around my rape um uh uh-huh but it got to the end where um i and this was i did not use ketamine probably been much faster if i did um but where i was above myself right watching myself get raped and i was able to um once he left because he like told me you need to stay there for like two minutes and then get up he said don't move for two minutes um so i don't know that's what what you're you're the person that raped me said, yeah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, like, attacked me from a bush from behind. I was walking home from, like, Maloney's on, like, Millen University, and I lived in the apartments. I was, like, not even – I was maybe, like, four Holy blocks from home. Shit. Yeah. And so, he, yeah, he came up from bush, attacked me from behind. And so my feet were completely covered. I saw his string. There's, like, a certain cologne. I don't remember you which one it is. You didn't know him? No, didn't know him at Just all. complete stranger. Complete stranger. I You're couldn't walking. pick him out of a lineup if I tried. No <laughs> idea. 
no idea what he looked like. I know his voice. I could, if someone ever spoke to me, I'd know him instantly. Oh my god. Um, mm-hmm. And then the cologne, we'll get it too. Um, but no, I could, I never saw him. Never saw him. Just saw the string. Um, it was like a gray sweater. Um, and I just no. Holy shit! Couldn't tell you a thing about what he looked like at all. I know he was broad chested, but I'm not huge, and I was probably smaller at the time. Um, How old were you? Right now, I'm 38. No, no. When when I was I was 18, almost 19. 19. I just turned. No, I just turned 19. So yeah, it was like 20 years ago. Is nuts. I've never heard of that ever happening. I mean, I've heard like you know from stories or myths or from books oh, or whatever from like crazy murder mystery podcast hear it like all the time we have never heard like from a with my own ears from a person i've known yeah that who like a rape like that has mm-hmm. happened to yes that's gnarly. yes no be as being a sponsor to women in recovery um working as i do as a substance abuse therapist it happens quite a bit wow mm-hmm it's usually like date and it's usually like somebody that they knew um right kind of like tricked yeah but never like straight up attacked like in a bush oh, from behind yeah. where you didn't even see them or know them no, just like i complete... couldn't tell you who it was for the life of me uh-uh. yeah, and i didn't even tell anybody for smart. i didn't tell anyone that's not true i told like my best friend at the time but then i was out to dinner like for right it was around it was like late november or whatever of uh 2000 no it wasn't 2000 it's like yeah, it was. Doesn't matter. I'm trying to think how old I was. 19. It might have been like, yeah, 2000, no, 20, 2002? But the EMDR thing. like. So anyway, okay, yeah. I'm, I'll lose myself. In well, a- I'm just <laughs> curious, like. Yep, how it how, how, Well, what did it actually look like? What did the EMDR oh. involve? Um, okay, so you asked the client to describe the situation. You know, so I would describe the scene. Um, and she'd ask me, can you picture, give me, like, um do you have an image like the worst part? And I'd say, yes, I do. And, um, and then what's the belief I have about myself as a result of it? Is that I'm weak. I'm hmm. weak. Like how the fuck didn't I fight this? Was guy? there like bilateral stimulation happening? Not yet. This? Oh. No. So then I say, so you just I'm have weak. To explain it. Yep. And I'd say I'm weak. That was my easily my negative belief. Um, and then she says, well, what would you rather believe? And I said, well, that I didn't do anything wrong. I couldn't have done anything different. Right. Like hmm. I, I probably completely went numb to save my life right because if i fought back like this was this was at the end hold on so it was just that i did everything i that i did everything i could right i didn't do anything wrong i didn't yeah. do anything wrong i was just walking home right i just right. wanted to believe that i didn't do anything wrong and um so then she says okay and then you know where do you feel it in your body and i was like well it's kind of like all over it's like a heavy weight and so she say okay and um and how intense is it zero to ten and i mean it was it was a ten when we were going through it Right. Maybe a nine, but like when it, when the inten- when it, it actually hits, it's definitely a ten. Yeah. Um. And then, uh, then the bilateral. Then it starts. She says, "Okay, I want you to go with the feeling and the image and that negative belief of being weak and and go with my tapping." And so then she'd tap, and then that's what's really cool. And how my supervisor. So she's tapping you. She was tapping my knees, and she would oh. go for maybe like twenty thirty seconds, and then she would say, "Okay, what are you noticing now?" Right. And then for me, it got a lot worse. Is this like a EMDR therapist or is this like yeah. your energy healer or no, something? No, this was my therapist. Oh, okay. She's EMDR trained as well. Okay. So am I. And, um, and this is why I got EMDR trained. <laughs> but, um, and I wasn't a therapist. Yes, I was a therapist when we did this. Anyway, um, so, um, yeah. And so then we'd go back and forth with that. And so how my supervisor describes it, my, because I'm, not like independently licensed yet. So I still have a supervisor mm-hmm. um, and she's EMDR certified actually. So she's even a step above and um, that 
it's like what happens in the in your client's mind or like my mind in this case um, is that it's like you're on a train okay and so when they start the tapping it's like you're sitting on a train and the train is moving but i'm sitting still and i'm watching all these things and feelings and emotions like fly by oh, okay and then when we stop and say okay and what are you noticing now it's just like you want to picture those doors opening and you just give a snap it like a snap like a snapshot of what you're experiencing huh. and then you just keep reprocessing right Weird. and so i've even had some clients that can't talk like they can't tell me what's going on but they would just be like it's getting worse or it's getting better like and so like and all i need to know is if it's getting better right because then once hmm. it gets and it stays the same for a few times then we we go back to the original memory gotcha um yeah but it took like three whole sessions of doing this before i could finally see myself above what happened to me um and then she integrated ifs and so once she saw me above myself and the the man had left she's like would you as the woman on the ground be willing or she said would you as the woman that could see it as above be willing to take you and like where would she rather be where would she like to go right and so um she said well she she wants to she wants to leave right she'd like to go home and so then we walked her home and she said well so now instead of believing she was weak you know and what does she know now and like what came to me was that like well I think I froze and I think I didn't move like to save my life like because I don't know if this guy like had a gun. I don't know. Right. I didn't know if this guy had anything. This guy was clearly bigger than me. Right. Like, um, and if I would have tried to fight him, it might not have been good, you know? And so like this realization of like, well, I think I froze because maybe I was just trying to save my life, you know? And, um, dissociation definitely became really big for me after that. Right. Like the ability, like, absolutely. Yeah. Um, because, a lot of times, especially with having sex for drugs, like I wouldn't want to be there. Right. And so like association just whoop, <laughs> right? right. You're gone. Nope. Thank you. And then you leave, you know? And so, um, uh, definitely came in handy there, but yeah. So the, right. something about the bilateral stimulation, um, I don't know. It's like, I've had a client describe it, like keeping one toe in the past and one toe in the present. Like, oh, so okay. there's like a, yeah, there's somehow there's a, you know, you're still in the present, but your mind can be back and, and bring it up to speed almost, I guess. Like, so it doesn't have to stay stuck there. Hmm. If that makes sense. It's kind of like anchoring where you're kind of, yeah. you're, you're in the present, but you're also pulling in the past. And then it sounds like you're rewriting the memory yes. almost or like yes, that's thinking exactly about what, what you, you wish you would have done. Yep. That's exactly, that's exactly in a sense what we do with EMDR with the reprocessing part of it. I do have a little bit of experience with that then because my current, uh, couples therapist has told me to, cause I've talked to her about the confidence thing, the lack of lack thereof. And she has said to me to like hold, put my arms across my chest and like kind of tap yeah. my shoulders and, and the butterfly hug. picture uh-huh. myself as that version of myself. Cause mm-hmm. it does exist. There is a confident version of myself. Mm-hmm. I find myself tapping into it a lot when I podcast or when I do photo shoots, like when I'm doing my career, I'm, I do see my confident, version come out Mm -hmm. it's only in certain aspects of my life like everything else (laughs) where Mm -hmm. i lack it and so you know i I would try that and i don't know if it really worked but it was just like a step you know i just Mm -hmm. kind of bilaterally tap myself close my eyes and imagine that i was the confident version of myself that i wanted to be and so now here's my take on that the reason why it doesn't necessarily work is because you would have to go back into the not confident part first put that microphone a little closer to your mouth 
Huh? Put that microphone. Oh, there you gotcha. Go. Is yeah. that you would have to go back into that non-confident version first. Oh. So because it's a protector. Uh, well, actually, probably the non-confident part is an exile, right? And right. so, and, but anyway, um, yeah. So it's there just like, is it's, a it's state, scary to go back into that. Like it's it, less it, scary it, to go back into what you're going into now. Yeah. The confident yeah, part. Yeah. True. And, um, but. Where that that's called okay so in EMDR right there's like a future template script yeah and that would be that like would be like well um you know now that we've worked through all these past memories and all these past traumas well how would you rather act and even with IFS it's very similar to well now that we've heard out your protectors in your extreme roles well how can you how can you act in a more preferred role right like yeah. how can how can you help you know how can my protectors help me um relax and have fun right without like getting completely wasted or throwing verbal daggers at people yeah right like that would be great <laughs> wouldn't it that would be so um, great at least that would be perfect I think so it would that, help me be more social it would help me be more uh, better at networking yes yeah. yes to not be as in, to feel as insecure yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that i'd like to be able to do Yes, but with EMDR and IFS both, we dive into that part first. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. And I believe that's like crucial because, you know, it's yeah. like when people try to tell you to do and, and if you do positive affirmations and they work for you, like keep it up. But I know they didn't work for me. Like just trying to tell myself, oh, I love myself. I'm beautiful. I'm worthy. It's like. Right, like, right. Because I don't. There's a huge part of me that didn't believe those things. Right. You know, and. I can say I'm much more today, but still like the I'm lovable. That one's hard for me. That one's mm. still hard for me. I can feel worthy. I can feel confident. I can feel um, secure. I can feel um, th those are all my issues. Right. But the lovable, I still have a hard time with. Besides so my children. The, mm -hmm. the girl who I interviewed who was on meth, mm -hmm. she, the reason why, at least from my understanding, what I got from that episode the reason why she was doing meth is because she didn't love herself. She didn't mm -hmm. view herself as lovable and meth helped her to still like be motivated to, to clean her house, to mm -hmm. be a mother, to get the things done that she needed to do when the, the lack of self love was so crippling that she wouldn't even eat or drink water. Cause she mm -hmm. didn't cause subconsciously way deep down, she didn't believe that she deserved to be yeah. fed or to have water and so right. then when she went and did LSD and was able to see herself from a different perspective, cool. she was able to rewrite that and to learn how to, she began mm -hmm. the journey of self-love, which also helped her to stop using meth. Sure. It was a fascinating episode. So true. Well, and, again, it's that trauma and lack of connection, right? And yeah. so hers was probably trauma and probably lack of connection. I mean, you right. know, and so, and that was her form of control and her form of, right, was was not eating and not doing those things. And that was like her subconscious way of punishing herself, right? Mine was different things you know um, yeah but yes and then it's funny because like even what I learned from this last relationship was he would tell me that he loved me and he would show me that he loved me right? he stayed like how many times when like Mary you know what I mean he stayed you know because he was like I know that's not who you truly are right he goes I know that I know that's Mary right I know that's not your true self mm -hmm. and um and he stayed my good lord and um and he, I think, got married the worst out of anybody because the other people had, like, substances in there as firefighters and other things in there oh, as yeah. firefighters. He just had married. Like, she was... But and, you kind of... Um, you almost have to, like, accept the person all the way through. Like, accept yes, that, Mar that Mary is part of, is part of you. Mm -hmm. And probably, if you, in some ways, if 
Yes, because he wanted Mary completely gone. And, like, that really triggered Mary. Right. Because I was like, no, there are good parts to her, too. Right. right? She's creative. And yes. Um, But when someone is throwing verbal daggers at you and sometimes physically throwing things at you, it's hard to do that. Do you find that you can get Mary into her preferred role more now? Yes. On your own? Yes. You mean not in a relationship? Just just in in general. general? Um, Yes, I can. Um, She definitely still comes out. but uh, definitely, right? I've learned through doing IFS with my own therapist, like that, like what Mary showed me was being on top of like a mountain when I was 18. I told you the story, Ron, mm-hmm. but because um, I was like, what positive does this freaking bitch have? Right? Like, that's almost what I wondered at some point. I was like, what the fuck positive do she you have, lady? Love. Like, show me. She like, just what? needs love. She does awesome. just well. Yes. And to be embraced <laughs> she, and welcomed into the... Into, yes. Yeah. Kind of. She needs... Um, I'm just speculating what, here's, here. This is, what, this is what I learned about. So she's what got me through. So I'm with the person I considered my first boyfriend, whatever, the guy I dated when I was 18, um, took me to Steamboat, Colorado. Took me all the way... So I had tried Bunny Hills for a day or two. He took me all the way to the top of the like Steamboat, fucking black ice, like top of the mountain in Colorado. Yeah. And on a snowboard, I had never snowboarded in my life. And he gets me up to the top, and he's great at snowboarding. And I thought, okay, he's going to stay with me. He's gonna, he goes, see ya, and he takes off. And he left me up at the top of the Black Ice Mountain, right? Like, and so, Cue the abandonment issues. No, but you know what happened? Because, <laughs> Mary, kidding. I'm like, where are we going with this, right? Because, yeah, part of me wanted to completely, like, just bow down. But the same as when I was born in that little stupid box, Mary oh. stepped in. And she said, get up. Mm. Get on your, your thing and go. She goes, mm. I got you go and so and i went down i had so much fun i like learned how to do little jumps i flipped i stopped i everything and he passed me three like two or three times i don't you know and um (laughs) didn't even stop no he did he checked on me and i was like i'm doing great and yep and he just kept (laughs) on going but then we got to the bottom and i wish i still had this picture because i had on my pink like supergirl beanie with like the puff at the top right i had my gray and white snowsuit and like my freaking goggles right and i pigtails because i'm like 17 18 whatever mm-hmm. right and um and blonde hair at the time anyway um and i love how you paint a picture for us like i, I have to i'm was, so visual this but this picture is the best <laughs> thing ever i wish i still had it yeah um i had snow covered right all over me because i'd fallen countless times but i have the biggest smile on my face Hell right yeah, and do. so like she showed me like that's what i do for you nice right like when uh, when nobody else is there i get your ass down the fucking black ice hill right and so like and i was like oh that's why you showed me that Hmm. she's my love of going out and being adventurous she's my love of these things she's my passion probably right like um for learning and all this stuff so yes once i learned that and i learned um it helps me realize, okay, well, I have to give her these opportunities, right, to express yeah. herself or she's going to find another way to express herself, right? And so right. she will be heard one way or another, <laughs> right? And so um, bottom line. Um, but, yeah, so, yes, That's answering last question, that was how, yes, it is easier to. And also, like, not being – he was super – He what I learned, I learned that polarization was, like, the super codependent, like – part of me that um she just spoke up for the first time in like all my therapy last week it was fascinating because like i was mad at myself for like this whole court hearing stuff that we have over our kid and um and i like feel super strong like abandonment issues when i think about leaving him overnight i haven't left my kid overnight yet um it's not two yet 
but he's still breastfeeding. Anyway, um, so I have super strong abandonment. Like I fear abandonment issues. And that's usually what I feel like when I feel panic about this court thing. Yeah. But it was like, no, I'm blaming myself. Oh. Amazon packages. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. I was like, Who's that? <laughs> um, but I, <laughs> holy cow. Um, but no, it was that I blame myself for my ex leaving. Oh. Right. And I was like, Ooh, that's interesting. Never had that one before. And so she's like, my therapist, like, you want to dive into that? I said, yeah. And so I was like, what does this person have to say? Who's this? Oh, I don't think this is anybody for me. What's is it a GMC? On? Yeah. Oh, that's oh, yours. It might be. Yeah. Okay. It's probably Taylor. Got it. Um, Perfect timing. We're yes. almost done. This will be it. I promise. Oh, no so and it was the codependent. So yeah. So I'm like, who is, who is this person that needs to know? Um, like why, why I feel responsible for them leaving. But like, so this part came about like when I used to get sent to my room mm-hmm. and, um, but why would I get sent to my room? Well, because I slammed a cupboard on my dad's finger and I would yell at my mom and I would call her a bitch. Right. And so this part reminded me, and then this part would say, no, we need to go and like say sorry and make up so uh. that, that, that we still have that connection and we get that love. Right. So like Mary calls him a bitch and slams her finger in the door. And then this part's like, no, 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 no. Now we need to go say sorry and pull them back in. Mm, gotcha. So, so it's it kind of, super... you're kind of like taking responsibility, but not like blaming yourself for everything. Correct. Yeah. That's yes. what I feel like I've been coming to recently as well with my divorce. Cause mm-hmm. when I first got divorced, a big, not all of me, but a big, big, the mm-hmm. majority of me was like, it's her fault. Mm-hmm. She's the one that did this. She's, she's the one that made this decision. Yes. And so I'm good, you know, but then uh, over time, and it's been about two and a half years, I've started to be like, you know what, you, like, you're not as pure as you think you are, Yes, you know? And so I started to take responsibility, but also not like blame myself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's it's important to not internalize it, but to like, you know, like what you did, like you see yourself from above, Mm -hmm. like what would you have done differently in your Mm -hmm. marriage? Like, it's probably better that you're not in it still, Mm -hmm. but here's what you could have done differently. How can you apply that to your life now? Yes. Can't change the past. No. But you can change how you are living currently. Right. And then the really cool takeaway, this is perfect actually way to wrap it up, like that, because this just literally happened last like Thursday for me, but was when these two parts got to finally talk to each other, right, and not be battling it out, right? And so when I was back observing them having this conversation, like, well, look, lady, like you send them away, but then like, I got to get them back. Yeah. Right. And so, um, uh, but that, and so then what the conclusion they came to, and I think self led this, was that I don't need to give up myself in order to have a connection with someone. Love that. Right? And like, I was like, oh, that's really badass. Right? And so that was kind of what um, kind of all tied in because I've always given up some part of myself to form a connection with somebody. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I gave up the food thing. Right? The bread issue in the house, like, which is stupid. <laughs> it seems stupid. It was probably a lot bigger than that. But yeah. that's just an easy one. But yeah, I've never like that. I don't have to. There, I shouldn't have to. Right. Give up parts of myself in order to have a connection and that all parts should be accepted. Yes. As they are. And there it's important for our partners to to mm-hmm. love us for who we are and not for our potential. Correct. Um, and then also yeah, like to <sighs> there's a difference between um, like allowing yourself to be accepted for who you are and not having to give up a part of yourself to be loved mm-hmm. and, and view yourself as lovable, but then like making compromises. Yes. If that makes sense. Ooh, yes. That could that, be my that, next journey. Cause I don't know how to compromise. Yeah. Well. Cause that's, cause then I've, I've found myself like, you know what? 
I was compromising constantly. I gave up. Um, I completely lost myself. And now I'm like, I let that go. And it's like a pendulum. And I'm swinging to the other side. And there's an extreme on the other side where you can be completely self-centered and just like, fuck you. I'm not going to do anything that you say. I'm going to do whatever I want all the time. There's a balance for sure. Mm -hmm. Like you have to accept yourself, make sure that your partner accepts you for who you are, but then Mm -hmm. finding a way to negotiate. Maybe negotiate's wrong word, but like compromise to find a balance where... negotiate's good. Yeah. Negotiates good. It makes sense. Okay, it does. Yeah. I agree. It's um yeah, but no, totally. And I like yeah. that because that um that fits perfectly in with that belief, right? That like I don't need to give up parts of myself. Yeah. Right. That's cool. And then also learning that relationship has relationships have parts too. I know. Oh my god, you just, you just blew my mind. The dagger. <laughs> we need a second episode. Yeah. So. We need it, Alicia. <laughs> No, but um yeah that's, so anyways, a, that's a great way to wrap this up i think right? that's a that's cliffhanger <laughs> definitely you're gonna have to come back to arizona hey i'll do it in the winter time when it's nice and warm down yeah. here but not too warm no i know isn't it nice that it's like almost seven at night and we can still have like all the yeah. windows open yeah, and it's 70 or is degrees it six right what time is it six it's, almost six. it's 602 oh, look at that perfect Man, I'm well thanks talker. for coming on and being yes. vulnerable being open and and Thank like you your story is really incredible it's very it feels like it should be a movie. I would love it to be a movie. Well, I'm that self-centered. Find, find a, I'm, I'm a Only if I can play myself, though. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'm kidding. Well, I'm excited to talk to you tomorrow, Ron. Yes, I'm excited to You're going to learn a listen. lot of new stuff. We're, we're going to go deep. <laughs> but no, thank you for having me. That was super fun. Yeah, I appreciate that was great. It. Mm-hmm. We'll do it again. Thanks for letting me join. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Bye, everybody.